0: live from Liberty, North Carolina, on the way back home from Bowie's Creek, Mike Machico, Dave Freeman, Bearded CarCast, season two, episode seven. Glad you are
1: joining us. And why are we recording on the way back? Mike told me on the way in, hey, let's do it on the way back. We're gonna interview Mike Minter, the football coach Campbell, uh, during the game or before the game today. And, you know, if if news breaks, if something happens, that way we can react to it on the way home. So I said, okay, yeah, that sounds great. And and, and news has broken. Somebody named Zack Taylor is gonna be the new coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Jed Lowry has signed with the New York Mets, and Tim Tebow is engaged to Miss Universe. So which (laughs) of those pieces of news was the one we needed to wait for? Miss Universe, oh. Tim
0: Tebow. Don't you think? I mean, we we'll break the, it down for us. Yeah. Well, it's Miss Universe, and uh, so she's hot,
1: and, and there's Tim Tebow, and he's uh, worth a lot of money. Tim Tebow. And he's, he's Tim Tebow. And he's he might be joining Jed Lowry on the Mets. He might
0: be joining. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> Actually, uh, for you uh, fans in Charlotte, keep an eye on the Syracuse Chiefs. They're the AAA team now for the Mets. So if Tebow either starts in AAA or or starts in AA and gets moved up, there's an opportunity that he might be playing here in Charlotte.
1: If Tim Tebow is going to be in your city, I figure that helps attendance by maybe 15 20%. If you know Tim Tebow is bringing Miss Universe to the game, I think that improves attendance by like 50%. I did a football game last year, uh, a broadcast of a football game. It was South Carolina State and Howard. And the old basketball coach at South Carolina State, Cy Alexander, did color with me. Yep. And at halftime, he was honored on the field. And it just so happened that the reigning Miss USA was a South Carolina State alum. Yep. And she was down at halftime. And Cy couldn't talk in the second half. He was just so stunned by being <laughs> in her presence yeah. that, like, he, he, he was done. So, I had to look this up. So, uh,
0: when Scott Petsednik was with the Knights, so this is probably 2005? That's the year they won the World Series. The White Sox won the World Series. He was here in he a rehab assignment. And uh, Lisa Durgan, uh, former Playmate of the Month, I think she was on Fox. Was she on that Best Damn Sports show? It's one of those shows. Right? So,. Uh, apparently Matt had the opportunity to interview her He passed Matt, it on Matt Swearad swear Yeah, our the buddy Matt
1: Swearad Play-by-play man right. for the night. That was before
0: I became kind of the designated interviewer <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I'm the DI
1: Right, Na- now DI. it's Hey, we want to have so-and-so on Matt, what do you think? Yeah, let's have him on during the fourth <laughs> yeah, inning yeah, with Mike's there. the <laughs> fourth <laughs> Yeah, well today you kind of so did today that we had, too Yeah, well
0: today we had, today
1: we had Mike Minner yeah, we were supposed to have Mike Mitter at 4.45, right? and then we were going to run a piece of it on our expanded pregame yes. for the Winthrop-Campbell game.
0: Well, So let's back up. So, you know, most coaches have a routine, uh, and they like to do things a certain way. So Winthrop head coach Pat Kelsey, when we interview him on the road, it's usually the first thing when the team gets off the bus, and they're generally for a 7 o'clock game. They're, they're going to arrive anywhere between 7 and, 7, or 5 and 5 and 5.15. Um, and it's just become routine that we know that as soon as they walk in the building, it's time for us to grab Pat. And do the Dave, interview. you ready? Yeah, yeah, Dave, you ready? So that, that's uh, So somebody will come out and say, "Dave, you ready?" And then, then Dave and I go back and we, we talk with Pat. So, so now about quarter of you know, so quarter five. All right, where's Mike? We're looking around. Where's Mike Minner? Then it becomes ten of. And then five of And now we're not I mean we're not sweating But we're getting concerned And Stan Cole Who's a very good friend of ours He's the SID at Campbell He's on the phone Trying to figure out Why uh, Mike Minner's late And apparently The the wrong people Were handling him today Because he forgot and Whatever it's, No big yeah, deal Yeah and so it happens It's not that big a deal But uh, Literally Mike Minner comes over We do the introductions Getting ready to record the podcast And Dave you ready? Dave you ready? So I started off the interview. So when you actually do play the interview, it'll be me to start uh, and then Dave about 10 minutes in.
1: And then during the game, we played a portion of the interview in the pregame show with Mike Minner. And we finished the interview and Mike said, and now if you want to hear the whole interview, uh, we'll have it on our Bearded Car Cast. I really thought the first 10 minutes were strong, but the rest of it kind, <laughs> kind of, of got tailed off after <laughs> that. And, you know, yeah, who can we'll really let you argue? judge. We'll yeah, let yeah, you yeah. judge. Who, who can argue? You can let us know what portion of the Mike Minner interview you enjoyed more. BeardedCarCast at Outlook.com. It actually was really interesting because he is not afraid to express his opinion on just about anything.
0: No, and he was very enthusiastic. I could see where if I had... Uh, a son of college age, or my son, if he were ready to go to college and was going to play Division One football, and Mike Minner came into my living room to recruit my son, I, I, I don't know that I would allow myself to be tricked like Fly Williams's mother and have the <laughs> clot move back. But I would—I uh, mean, he was—he's fun, engaging, positive, very knowledgeable, very credible.
1: But if your options were Mike Minner came into yeah. the. House and made the pitch and said I'd like John to go to Campbell. Or
0: well, I thought I'm thinking maybe Nebraska.
1: Yeah, well maybe he'll be coaching Nebraska at that point. Or at Tim Tebow and Miss Universe mm, came in.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, if Miss Universe had a younger daughter right. for my son. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, or or younger sister. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. younger sister, excuse me. Well, we don't know, I mean, we hey, didn't really dive into Miss Universe, so but, maybe it's an old Miss Universe.
1: Like Jed Lowry, two years and 20 million. Well,
0: no, but this is the funny part of the Jed Lowry story is, and maybe we should have just blind recorded the drive up here, but you you mentioned, hey, you know, with, and maybe it was at lunch.
1: Yeah, there are no SEC teams no, that need a right, second baseman. Right,
0: right, so where's, how's he going to, but, you know, he, he'll be a guy that's going to come off the bench and, you know. And they just traded
1: for Robinson Cano. Yeah. And now they yeah. have Jed Lowry. But I right. guess he can kind of play as a utility guy, can play some first, right. he can play some second, he can play a day a week right. on the left side of the infield and pinch hit yeah. and so forth and You so know what the on.
0: other thing we haven't done this year because, you know, basically, and this is way inside Bearded Carcast uh, podcasting information from people, but last year, sometimes we would do just like a stream of consciousness roll and then we'd go back and edit it. And we just dedu- deduced that that was just a lot of work for me because I do the editing. Uh, what? Yes. No. I know. I know I'm, I'm weighing too much information. No. In. Way too much information. Um, so we decided that in the summertime, what we did was we would just do it like a normal live-to-tape broadcast. Uh, and so we decided that would be the better way to go this year um, for you know, from the summer on and now into season two. Um, but what that does is uh, sometimes if we tape it early into the broadcast, it doesn't give us an opportunity to talk about where we went, what we did... So we can talk a little bit about that later coming up, too.
1: Yeah, well, I think we should talk about it right now. So we drove down to Bowie's Creek today, and we stopped in Sanford, North Carolina, and we had By the a way, nice Bowie's Creek meal. is
0: not like a straight line from
1: Charlotte. No, it's difficult you, to there's get There's
0: like there. four different ways to go, and none of them are ideal. One is you go up, you have to go like kind of out of your way, which drives me crazy. So we go 85 north to like almost to Greensboro, and then we come down 420. Well, today we came down 421. We'll explain that in a minute. Uh, and then that take, basis takes you right into Lillington. And for those of you who know Lillington, it's a nice ride. Um, and then uh, and then right into Bowie's Creek. Uh, you can go, uh, and I've got a ticket doing this. You can go through uh, the UHARI. I U- think the last
1: time we taped at night, I got yeah, a right. near ticket. I yeah, didn't actually ticket. get a no, ticket. It was I just a, got pulled over.
0: It was over. an NTE, a near ticket experience. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you can go through, I think it's 27. You can go through the UHARI Forest, which is a national forest. Through Carthage,
1: yeah, that's a real pleasure in the evening.
0: That's yeah. Well, at night it's pitch black, and it's you know basically don't speed, especially in Carthage. And then I think you can go south like on seventy four, which is uh, in Charlotte Independence Boulevard to seventy four, and then uh, I think somewhere around oh that one Route goes 1 through or, like, like, like uh, Ford, Fayetteville. Fayetteville, yeah, yeah. And then you go up Route One, and so we did the uh, so we decided uh, because we love trains
1: that we were going to stop in Sanford. Right, and I don't know if you realized this before we got down there, Mike, but the train played a pivotal role in the development of Sanford. Well,
0: what's interesting, Dave, is before the train went to Sanford, it was very rural, very agrarian. It was very difficult to move goods and services. Uh,
1: Passenger travel was... Was maybe non-existent. There were only about 300 horses. people in Sanford right, right, back right. in the 1870s. Yeah. And then the train came, and it really changed the whole area.
0: Well, and it was uh, an RFD for a long time because uh, the next city over, uh, Johnston, North Carolina, also part of Lee County in Sanford, uh, they couldn't really decide where to put the courthouse, so they they put it right in the up in the middle. That's right. Yeah. And, and Sanford is named after C.O. Sanford, who was a, a train engineer. That's right. <laughs> Should we let people in on the Joker? Sure. So we we did a stand-up in Pulaski uh, last year. On they, the way to Radford. On the way to Radford. And there was just really nothing to do around there. And Pulaski had this, like, caboose in the middle of town. And just the way Dave set me up with it, it was like, it, hey Mike, the train really opened up this area. And I just got the giggles after that. And then we both got the giggles. Right.
1: And then, bizarrely, everywhere we go, yeah, we but, have found a train. But now it's like... So
0: now it's kind of like a th- we got to do a, a train stand-up. So, right.
1: So we did one in Cookville. Yeah, we did one in Cookville. And we did one today in yep. Sanford. Right. We, did we also had an interesting meal in Sanford. We did. It was Mrs. Lucy's Tea
0: House. So it was very... Um, I don't want to say it was hoity to- It was fancy, not extravagant. Because it wasn't like an expensive meal.
1: I was given a plate with a scoop of potato salad. Yep. Now, I ordered this. You ordered this. So, so, <laughs> like, like, I'm not saying they did it without ordering. It
0: it's was- like you showed up. I will say, that's the fastest service, yeah, in, in, very in fast the, service in the two seasons now that we've been doing this. That was the fastest we've had our meals.
1: There were like two leaves of lettuce yep. on the bottom. There's a scoop of potato salad, yep. a scoop of pimento cheese, yep. a scoop of chicken salad, and, and a scoop of egg salad. And what was it called? Like the super sampler or something like that? Yeah, something like yeah. that. I mean, they said that that was kind of what they were known for. No, that was those, one of their those specialties. spreads. Yep. yep, yep, yep. And it was good. It's just, it's kind of a weird, there's no vessel. Yes. I mean, right. there were some, some uh, crackers on the table. Yes. That was like an appetizer. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it was, it was very much a lunch menu. Right, and then we did what you like to do, and, and I do too, but you But we do what we do. Yeah. You, you got dessert.
0: Yes. Well, no, 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 so let me start. So I got the, the basically it was the soup and uh, sandwich. So yeah. I got the chicken salad croissant and... I promise we're going to talk chili. about sports soon, We too. will, we will. But we haven't done this all year. We've, 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 we're stuck mainly as sports. But the, I will say this, and I should have had you test it. Or her taste some of it. The, the chili was fantastic. It was... Uh, it had, uh, like, Vienna sausage in it. And it had, uh, like, ground beef. Very flavorful. You could taste all the different, like, spices that was in there. It wasn't too hot. For, I don't like it really spicy. I like a little bit of... So it wasn't too spicy. It was really good. And then the dessert was uh, fantastic. I had the Hershey cake. Hershey roll cake.
1: Yeah. And I had apple cobbler. No, apple, apple crisp, I think. Apple I it crisp. It. And... It was really good, but man, was it sweet. I mean, it, it was, was, there was well, so you're much bouncing sugar going on. Yeah, it was, it was an intense experience. I didn't make a formal New Year's resolution, <laughs> but I am eating like a dishwasher. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, like I, I can't believe how much a garbage disposal. I'm eating yeah. like a garbage disposal this year. I just eat and eat and eat. It's, it, it's a week what? and a half. Into the year, and I've eaten like a month worth of food. So, where do you want to stop for fast food on the way home from Campbell? Well, I heard Popeyes is very uh, healthy. I right? sent you like a four thousand word article on Popeyes that I, love Popeyes. I I found just the other day. I don't think I've ever eaten at Popeyes. You know what? If did we talk about? I don't
0: think we talked about this in the podcast. But I would definitely put Popeyes in my top three.
1: Not top three restaurants. No, top, top three, three, three fast, fast food, food yeah, restaurants. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have it ranked because I haven't gone there. But, like, I, this article seemed to say that it has kind of, like, a cult following among, like, really well-known chefs. And there have been, like, more than one instance of, like, restaurants selling fried chicken but not actually making it. Like, buying oh, it really? at, at, at Popeye's. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And how, like, they just kind of have down to a science the... The way to make it—it it was, I mean, kind of a bizarrely interesting article. I think it was on like Muncher.com or something. <laughs> <laughs> Muncher.com. Yeah, I think that's what it was. <laughs> that sounds and the almost train dirty. Played a major well, role in. Well, it
0: did because, Popeyes. well, because what happens is a lot of their uh, products, a lot of their uh, like. Their sleeves of cups and right. uh, all that stuff transported at some point by train. Right. I think when it gets from the distribution center to the store, it's actually by truck. Right. Yeah.
1: We're driving home from Boone's Creek, North Carolina. We're a little punchy cuz it's
0: eleven thirty at night. Yeah,
1: exactly. Where Winter beat Campbell and what for anyone that watched it would have had to be just a wow. really enjoyable experience. It's like it was a really fun game. Well it was and it was really two
0: different style of play. Uh, although Campbell did hit a lot of threes in the game, and in fact in the first half the threes kept them in the game, they didn't hit as many in the second half, but you saw Chris Campbell, who is the... Chris Clemens. or Chris Cle- Chris Campbell, Chris Clemens, who is the uh, leading scorer in the country, and of course, for the Campbell Camels, uh, unconscious... You know, it was funny early on, Dave, I think his first three threes were like, hand in the face, contested, good closeout. Uh,
1: the ones he missed in the first half were when he was wide open. Yeah, but in the second half, when they're bottled him up, he was like 6-10 yeah. shooting in the first half, and like... 4 of 14 in the second half. Winthrop made a couple adjustments defensively. They started switching 1 through 5. It, it was really one of those very few games where the coaching made a major, major difference. Usually it's this player or that player. And Nick yeah. Smith was unbelievable in the second yeah. half. And Adam Pickle was really good in the first half. But schematically, Winthrop made a couple of adjustments and it paid off big time. And now they're 2-0 and in the Big South.
0: And you saw Nick Smith, as Dave mentioned, you know, great performance, 27 points. Adam Pickett had what 24? Something like that. Uh, it was, it was. A, I, I would think if, and good. You know, it's funny. You were leave when we were leaving your house. Say we we left from Dave's house. Say in uptown Charlotte, and you turned to your wife and you said, "Hey, just in case, record this game." Yeah. That's going to be a fun game to go back and watch. I mean, it was just so much offense, and, I mean, if, if you if you like rock fights that are, like, 56-53, kind of like, uh, what was it, uh, Boone... Uh, Boone
1: Trail and Anger. Yes,
0: yeah. If you like that kind of game, 13 overtimes, 56-53, you wouldn't enjoy this game. But this game was a lot of up and down. Winter paid a ton of threes. There was a lot of dribble drive penetration. Nick Smith, Adam Piggott... Um,
1: Mike is referencing the (laughs) longest game in North Carolina basketball history that was played at the old arena. Carter Gym. Carter Gym at Campbell. Carter Gym's
0: a great story. They
1: moved out of there about 10 years ago, and they're now playing at a a really a beautiful facility, the Pope Convocation Center. But let's put this in
0: context. So, Buies Creek, North Carolina, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, is about 45 minutes to an hour south of Raleigh. You don't stumble upon Bowie's Creek. No. You actually have to want to go there, and right. I don't mean that insultingly. But there's and most no, people but, don't. And there's no major interstate that goes through there, so you're basically—I uh, mean, you're taking some state highways, but you're not. I mean, you're not stumbling upon it. You're going there for, for a purpose. So this this uh, this gym, Carter Gym, part of Campbell University, was the host of the Campbell Basketball School, which was a summer camp for kids. Uh, I think at its, its height there were about two thousand campers a summer. That were going to this camp, and some huge, big names. Dave were not only campers and maybe um, like junior instructors, but you had some big name
1: college coaches that came in as instructors. Well, John Wooden came on a semi regular basis, and if John Wooden came, that attracted kind of sure. everyone else. And Pete Maravich came as a young person, as like a nine ten year old, and then throughout the years Jordan came and Leitner came and Dolph Shays came and James Worthy came and it it, it just became a huge deal
0: a lot of big names but anyway so this was the host of that title game back uh, it's an interesting date February 29th 1964 and I think that is actually the birthday of our uh, the winter uh, athletic trainer Jeff Lahr Was he like the associate athletic director too sure yeah and uh, Swaggy J, I think, is what the, his official <laughs> title is.
1: I think he is uh, one of 28 people that Coach Kelsey thanked on the post-game show.
0: But he's only exactly. like seven years old, right? Because I haven't really been That's like right. Or right. 14.
1: It's something like that. Yeah, exactly. This is the Bearded Carcast. I'm Dave Friedman with Mike Pacheco. We're approaching...
0: We're approaching... Uh, well, we just went by Grandview... Which We're is... on our way back to <laughs> Charlotte. No, for, and... but but for people that, uh, it's Grandview Grandover. I always forget, but it's where they used to do the uh, ACC football media yeah. event, and they, they did a golf tournament there, the Skeeter uh, Francis Skeeter Barnes tournament, I think.
1: Oh yeah, that's a big
0: one. That was a big one.
1: U.S. Open, PGA, British Open, and the Skeeter. No, but so ones. you would
0: you would get kind of get randomly matched up and. Uh, I was matched up with David Pollock before he became a, a sensational oh. star, yeah. There but, you go. He was a good Who, dude. Good. Who's the better golfer? Oh, so there was this, like, par three, like 200 yards. You're uphill, tee, downhill. And then behind the green, there's, like, this uphill slope that goes back towards the resort. He took a five iron, and I swear to God, he almost, like, crushed the the... The top of the hill Behind him He just got a hold of it He wasn't a very good Golfer at the time But uh, I mean he was better Than me But he could, I mean he was a good Ball striker And he can play a little bit I mean he, he was He was good I mean but uh, It was a lot of fun Talking
1: David Pollock Was a good College football really player well, Really injured. Trevor Lawrence Appears yeah. to be he does, A doesn't he? great College football But we're talking player. about
0: uh, You know A lot of the, the Scuttlebutt discussion Today was uh, And you know Some of the chatter On social media was teams planning to tank in 2020 to, to try and get the, the first round pick. Well, in why wouldn't they? No, I know. I mean, I'm, but I'm saying it's, it's interesting that you're already forecast. And some people have actually, I heard somebody, and I think he got kind of poo pooed by a lot of the Panther fans, but some people suggesting maybe Panthers might want to consider that.
1: Trevor Lawrence would be the number one pick in the draft now, right now, yeah. this year, number one pick in the draft. And... He can't go for another two years right. Because you have to spend three years in college I, I mean, I know they'll buy a big insurance policy He'll probably be great the next two years Maybe Clemson will win another national championship But like, why shouldn't he be able to go to the NFL right now? Like, he, he might be well advised not to play for the next two years Like, like the system is broken
0: well, the, and this is not going to happen because Clemson's clearly not uh, in any... I don't think they're in any shape right now to, to move back a step. But if, if you, what if they were in a situation where they don't make the playoffs next year? I don't think there's any chance in hell he's playing in a bowl game. But then he's going to come
1: back the following year? Like, it's just, I don't know. I mean, would you? I'd stop playing now. Yeah? All you're doing is risking injury for the next... 24, 26 games However now, many games they end up playing No, I will say this I do
0: not like the, the uh, And I know you're about to jump down my throat in this, And I'm saying this analytically And not I I understand why people don't Like, particularly juniors or guys that have three years And can can go to the NFL I understand why they wouldn't want to play Particularly in a lower level bowl game um, I, I don't like the I mean, It, it does kind of send, I think, a selfish message. Now it's a smart business decision. I completely understand that.
1: I think the bigger question is, why can you not be eligible for the draft any time? Well, that's just kind of like the wink, wink, nod, nod between the
0: the NFL and the
1: NBA, right? I think everyone should be eligible. Because that for
0: doesn't the, the NBA in the. I mean, the NBA and the. NCAA have the kind of the wink-wink-nudge nudge nudge with the one-and-done rule in in, in college basketball. But why not just
1: go to the hockey system? Everyone's eligible for the draft at a certain time. If you get drafted, you can then sign a professional contract or you can go back to wherever you're playing. So let's say that Trevor Lawrence was drafted by the Panthers. The Panthers are going to use Cam Newton next year. And now Trevor Lawrence is sent back to Clemson for the year and in the media guide and in the roster it says Trevor Lawrence Carolina 6'3 180 pound right. sophomore right. just like in a hockey where if you look at the best hockey teams in college there are a whole bunch of guys that have been drafted and right. when they go to the pros they're going to be on the Bruins or the Sharks or the Maple Leafs or the Red Wings or whoever.
0: The argument and I'm not saying this is my opinion I'm just saying the argument though is And I think maybe we're long past this, but I think in the old days it was the thought that there was such a disparity even in the size and strength of 18-, 19-, 20-year-olds against 25-, 26-, 27-year-olds. Of course
1: there is. Um, But you don't But I think
0: that gap is... I mean, I think there's still that room to grow strength-wise. But
1: but that's a team's choice to draft a guy. And then if they go, you know what? I think you'd be better off spending another year at Oklahoma, Nebraska, Notre Dame, whatever everyone could agree to do that.
0: I I, I, li- I agree with you. I like I do like that idea. I, I, I'm, what I'm saying is I think that's just the argument would would be against it.
1: What do you think that Kyler Murray is going yeah. to do or should do at this point? I mean, it appears he's going well, to stick his gonna, name in the NFL I draft. I think he's going to go in the
0: NFL draft, yeah. So
1: he's going to forfeit the $4.5 million contract he signed with the A's. He'll remain property of the A's, but he's going to get drafted and he's gonna he's just gonna abandon baseball for now and pursue football well the window it's
0: interesting I think that's the path to go if you're a baseball if you're the the hybrid uh, is you know make your money in football and then you, someone's gonna give you a chance if you flame out in three or four years um, you know Chris Wankie did the opposite right Chris Wankie came out and played you know he played baseball.
1: Right, but in football he signed he signed
0: right out of high school and played baseball and then at like twenty six or twenty seven he played Right but in football, football the chances
1: of injury are so much greater. You take one hit, your baseball and football careers are both over. Right, but if you're Kyle Murray and you feel like you're gonna go to a team where you're gonna play right away. Well I mean he's probably gonna be a first round draft pick. I don't think his chances of succeeding are very good because he's like five nine,
0: five ten. Right. No he, he might be better off Well, and the one thing about baseball that we've seen over the last, well, maybe the last 20 years, but significantly maybe more in the last 10, is, you know, sometimes, and that's why you see a lot of college guys getting drafted and maybe even drafted a little bit higher, is that that leap from college into the pros is maybe not as long as when you put an 18-year-old in the minor league system. He's generally going to go step by step by step, maybe repeat a year. And sometimes you're seeing college guys go, you know, maybe one, two years, particularly pitchers, uh, you know, like um, David uh, Price. Look, David Price. I'm thinking with the uh, Carlos Rodon with the White Sox. Chris Sale. I mean, Chris Sale was – he really breezed through. So, I mean, it's – I don't know. I think the money is – th- the money is where it goes, right? I mean, if you feel like you can make more money in a shorter amount of time, even though it's a higher risk of injury, because remember with baseball, you I get mean, you, you get your money up front in the signing bonus. Yeah, in
1: six years. But then you got to you
0: know you got to wait longer to get that money back.
1: Yeah, I, I mean he's an incredibly talented guy, and because Justin Herbert didn't go into the draft, there aren't that many quarterbacks people are really excited about. There's certainly a bunch of teams that need quarterbacks, but he's gonna yeah. get picked. In the first round And he's gonna Cash in And make a bunch of money His size though Like Who in the NFL Is his size That's really achieving Like He's smaller than Drew Brees Yeah It's hard to beat Doug Flutie's size And be really good But
0: There's more opportunity Or there's more likelihood Of opportunity For guys like that now Sure Because of the spread offense And and, and moving the ball around and stuff like that, especially guys that can be more mobile. You know, I mean, could, what would – let's say Doug Flutie was a sophomore, junior in college right now, putting up the same numbers he did at BC. He, he, he would have made it in the NFL. Um, I, well, he would have been drafted in the NFL. Of course, we wouldn't – it's hard to judge because the – X. I mean, the, the XFL, the, uh, the USFL – you know, he went with the USFL. Actually, no, he, he was... Canadian. A, the Canadian League. No, but he he had a really crazy route, right? So, he did the CFL, he did uh, the USFL, and uh, he was also a, a replacement player. So, I mean, he had a very... And, you know, there were a lot of guys that resented him, a lot of the... Even though they, I'm
1: wondering, by the way, if that's the path for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, the XFL hasn't said that you can't go straight from... Right, But they're probably just not paying enough money to get top prospects. I mean, you're probably yeah. better off getting that insurance right. policy at Clemson or not playing at all, right. waiting for the NFL. But well, what, if the, what if the XFL or the, uh, what what's the other one that's coming out? The, uh, the AAF. The AAF. What if one of them went to them and they're like, we're going to stake our league on this sure shot, unbelievable prospect. Right. Our rules are not the same as the NFL. We're going to give you... $50 million for five years you are the face not only of the franchise yeah. you're the face of the league and
0: it's guaranteed dough
1: yeah I mean the, the like you have to have a hook for why people no, they have watch to, like, these leagues right, 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 here's right, your opportunity right, 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 right. the rules in our league are different right. we are gonna go get the best players period here's a check come play for us I'm telling you right now my interest in watching alternative football leagues not very strong right. Trevor Lawrence is starting game one what time do I show up
0: yeah no absolutely but don't you think for them the, the, the hook is going to have to be more guaranteed money up front
1: yeah I mean but with Trevor Lawrence he's guaranteed zero right now right he's in college and he can't get to the NFL for two more years what if what if one of those leagues said simply to him hey we are not going to jeopardize your ability to play in the NFL We'll pay you twenty million dollars for the next two years, and when you're eligible to go to the NFL, go right ahead. Uh, that's interesting. I, I think it would immediately legitimize those leagues. I'd do the same thing with the freshman wide receiver that caught all the passes for Clemson and every other good freshman in the country.
0: But are you are you setting yourself up for potentially being like a minor league to the NFL? Sure. Why not? Yeah. I mean, as opposed to being, but but that's a lot, but that's a lot to stake 20
1: million dollars guaranteed on I mean how much money are they investing just to start up a new league that may or may not exist in a year or two like if you want to make an investment like why do people do Super Bowl ads like GoDaddy.com who are they all of a sudden Super Bowl ads and they're like number one in that domain space like Trevor Lawrence I'm putting them on every billboard I'm marketing them all over the place this is why you're watching the league yep sign me up yeah Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. What did you make of the game, Clemson and Alabama?
0: Um, You mean, what did I make of the first half? The the first uh, quarter was incredible. (laughs) Yeah, the first quarter was incredible. I was stunned at how much um, Alabama looked kind of pedestrian at times and the turnovers.
1: They made mistakes coaching. They
0: made mistakes playing. And going for the fake.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was a very un-Nick Saban-like game to me. It really was. And he gets the benefit of the doubt, but... It was a destruction. Yeah, it was. It was, it was uh, anticlimactic. It was impressive. I mean, I, yeah. Clemson was really, really good. I mean, what a job Dabo Sweeney has yeah. done. If we had the podcast back when they gave Dabo Sweeney the head coaching oh my job, God, people, I would have panned oh, yeah. yeah. it. I, 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 was not yep. a fan. Yep. 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 Wow, he is. Well, he was like the wide receivers coach too, right? Like he was. Yeah, even, yeah. I, honestly. With all of the people that are getting new NFL kid coaching jobs, you are talking about wide receivers coaches, tight ends yeah. coaches off of Sean McVay's staff yeah. or uh, retreads or why wouldn't if you're an NFL team, why wouldn't you talk to Davo Sweeney? I would. And I understand that like what he does, it comes and might not work in the NFL. If he's good enough to take a program which was you know, solid, okay, not bad, competitive, no. and make them a national powerhouse. Yeah, it's a different sport. There's recruiting, all of that. I'd give them a freaking chance. Especially, I mean, especially look at with some
0: the, of these guys that you've never heard of.
1: Look at the guys getting hired. What is Tampa Bay doing? Bruce Arians is a very good football coach. What happened? I'm going to Cleveland. Play. Yeah, right. But but like like Bruce Arians can coach football. But a year ago, like 13 months ago. No, 12 months ago, he quit the Cardinals because he needed to spend more time with his family. He did one year in the booth, then he said the only job he was interested in was Cleveland. Yeah, right. And now he's the head coach at Tampa Bay, and he's building a really good staff around him, yep. but he's not young. No. Like It seems right. like they're gonna go all in. Yeah. They're gonna sign free agents, they're gonna try to be like a contender next year off of a roster that won how many games this year? Like five or six. I, I don't really. They are behind the Panthers. But I, like, yeah. I, I mean, maybe they think New Orleans is going to win the Super Bowl and Peyton and Brees are going to retire. Yeah. Maybe they think Cam Newton's shoulder is never going to be right again. But, like, can you imagine next year us talking at this time, final eight teams in the NFL yeah. playoffs? Yeah, I mean, you you got to like the Bucs, you do? Know? Interesting, right? And then uh, Cliff Kingsbury goes to Arizona. I mean, he got fired at Texas Tech. Yeah. I mean, it is a shot in the dark. It might work, but whoa. Like, like, I don't see the credentials there. But I, I don't see the credentials in basically everyone that got hired other than Vic Fangio and Adam Gaze.
0: Yeah. No, I don't. All right, we got to take a quick timeout. Do you want to do uh, picks now, or should we do Mike Menner and then come back and we'll kind of give our uh, NFL picks for
1: this? All weekend? right, let's 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 listen to Mike Menner. He's got some interesting things to say. He's very opinionated. Really enjoy talking to him. And then we'll come back. We'll talk NFL playoffs and we'll
2: wrap it up.
0: Episode 7, Season 2 Mike Pacheco Dave Friedman You can get along And you can not only get along with us But you can actually
1: follow along with us You can get us. along with Mike I'm not that easy to <laughs> get along true. with
0: <laughs> But uh, give us a shout out BeardedCarCast at Outlook.com Of course you can follow us At Bearded Carcast. And we did have a great conversation We just referenced it in that first segment Had a great conversation Or last segment Had a great conversation with Mike Minner Former Carolina Panther went to the University of Nebraska. Now he's the head coach at Campbell's. Transitioned them from that Pioneer League, which is essentially one Triple A football, which is Division One football, no scholarships. Now they're in the Big South, and they're 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 ramping up and and uh, getting all FCS. But uh, it was really a pleasure to, to have a chance. And of course, the reason why we talked to him is we were at Campbell today playing basketball. Well, we weren't playing, but uh, with the men playing Campbell's men, we decided. Uh, he might be a fun guest for the for the podcast.
1: Mike had a very nice discussion with <laughs> Mike Minter. I chime in towards the end because I was interviewing Pat Kelsey for our pregame show. It worked out all around. Let's listen to Mike Minter and Mike Pacheco, and I make a cameo. Sixth season
0: here at Campbell. Of course, uh, most people in our listening audience will remember Mike Minter is an NFL player for 10 seasons with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, glad you can join us, Mike. Oh, thanks for having me. It's uh going to be a great night. <laughs> yeah, so let's start with uh, how things are going here for you. Uh, I know, you know, the first year, kind of tough, and the first five years non-scholarship, but now you're in the Big South, yeah. and uh, you guys are adding scholarships. So how's uh, how's the journey been for you?
2: Man, you know what? It's been great. When I took the job, we was dead last in Division One football. And, um, you know, I think it's like 236 teams, and we was number 236. And so, um, you know, to um, be able to come here, and now, when we we finished in the top 50, as far as ratings is concerned in the FCS football um, world, that was huge. Yeah, you know, and um, and so we we started out and and we built a program to to a um, to a place where we can go scholarship, and we went scholarship for the first time last year, and and. Um, and you know, we started out strong, um, we was five and one and, and then injuries started to happen because we was young and, and them them young bodies couldn't hold up to that big South football and <laughs> and um and so we didn't finish as strong, but we finished with a six and five record. So um, what I did is I did some research on teams who went non scholarship to scholarship. Right. How long did it take them to have a winning season? And the best team that did that was Mercer. Okay and it took them three, Wow! and we did it in one. Yeah. So I, I feel good about our first um, start and, and where we had at, and, and um, I look forward to continuing to build it.
0: Well, I know coaching is something that uh, you really started to enjoy after your, your playing days, and, of course, in Charlotte at Johnson C. Smith and then at Liberty. What, what was it like going from the assistance side of things to now actually running your own program where not only you're the head coach, sometimes you're the psychologist, yes. you're the GM. You're, I mean, it's all-encompassing.
2: Well, that's why I love it, it yeah. because it is all-encompassing. And, um, you know, you really get to um, affect young men's life, right? So that's really what it's all about. It's, it's, it's how can you unlock the greatness in people? And, um, and, and so you get the chance to write the program. You get the chance to um, develop the program. And, and, and so what I say as a leader, a leader needs to build a culture, First thing you got to do, um, the second thing you got to do, you got to teach it. So you got to be a teacher too, yeah. right? And then the third thing is you got to fight for it every day. Yeah. You got to keep people accountable to the standard, and that's fun. So uh, when you look at all that stuff, man, it's 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 been a a great journey. Where when you're an assistant, you basically teaching it yeah and fighting for it. And most of the time you are just fighting for what the right, head coach right. won't, right? Right, right? And 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 uh, so as a head coach you get to do all three and I think um it's been fun. You know, I I did it in high school when I was a head coach. I built a program there in Charlotte and um three state championships and, and um and then, you know, got in the college game and said, you know what, let me let me try this and and um, you know, in two years was a head coach at a division one school and and, uh, man, it's been a great journey, and we're just getting started, and uh, we've got a great future here.
0: And you have a great story to tell, right? I mean, obviously going to scholarship was a big part of that piece, but uh, very supportive here mm-hmm. in Bowie's Creek. You're not that far from Raleigh-Durham. You're, you can recruit North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia,
2: Florida. I mean, mm-hmm. it's what, uh, what, what's your story when you, when you go out, and what's your pitch when you go and talk to recruits and their parents? Well, I, I tell them what I just told you is, you know what, we're going to unlock the greatness in your, in your kid. If if you if you feel like you have greatness, come to us. Um, we sent five guys to the National Football League. Yeah. I mean, who does that right with no scholarships? And it's because of um, when you go to the National Football League, it's it's really about the young man who understands how to unlock their greatness. It's right. not about I got talent right. that I can't unlock, <laughs> right? right? right. It, and and so we teach that, and that's what we sell. And, and uh, we, we're gonna we're gonna teach you how to be great. And um, that—that's what we do here. And, and you know, our first recruiting class was in the top 50. Um, you know, the first one yeah. we ever done. And and you know, this year, man, we got some great players. We got some guys coming from California. Uh, we got some big-time drop downs from from bigger programs. And it, it's—it's just—it's just amazing how fast this deal is growing um, in the six years that I've been here.
0: Campbell head coach Mike Minner joining us here. And um the other great thing, Mike, obviously is um in the North Carolina, South Carolina area, you obviously have the the, the Panthers name recognition yes. and playing 10 years in the NFL. I mean it's hard to play 3 years in the NFL, let alone what you did, and of course, the Super Bowl run in 2003. How much does that help when you're going in and talking to recruits and parents? Well, it
2: helps a lot because their parents watch me play. Yeah, yeah right, <laughs> right? right. So yeah. so they 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 get a chance to say, "Hey, that's that's men Oh man, I I remember you playing and and so, you know, we get a chance to talk about that and and then they know it, it's they talking to a guy that did it right mm-hmm. and not just played for one year or two years but 10 years and 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 so their child is trying to do the same thing right well when you're trying to do the same thing and you're trying to get mentored by it, you better go get mentored by somebody right. who done it right? right and um what better way of doing that and so um that that's how it is when i walk into the rooms it, you know um some of these people um if i go to florida uh, they would know me when I came and beat Tampa Bay head in, That's right. Right? That's so, right? So, so that we'll, we'll talk about that type of stuff, right? And and um, you know, when we played the Washington Redskins, if we're in Virginia, um, you know, if if we down in Georgia, you know, yeah. they talking about the Falcons in us. And so, um, and 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 so, you know, the area that I need to recruit, it's 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 really good because those are the areas that we really played all our football when I was in the National Football League and. And they can't believe it. They were like, yeah. "You, you, you mentor? What? <laughs> you coaching now, right?" And, and so it's it's been fun, man, to uh, you know just reminisce with the parents yeah. and and you know let the parents know. Now look, when we get them on campus, because people don't know about Camel University right. football program, yeah. and and so um, when they get here, they like, "Wow, I didn't know." that Campbell had all this, right? They look at the stadium, they look at our uh, field house, the weight room, the right. locker rooms, um, because we do it big time, yeah. right? So we, we got our own nutrition program. Uh, we we have our sports psychologist that's on staff um, that's just straight football. Um, and, and so when you start to look at all these things that we're doing that you find at Clemson and you find yeah. at the Alabamas and you – Oh, you come to Bowie's Creek and you got all this, and and um, and so my success rate of close rate is ninety nine percent when I wow. get them on campus. That's great. Yes, it's it's been unbelievable. And so that's what we try to do: come to campus, see what we're doing. I promise you, you will you will not go home without committing to come to Campbell. Now,
0: as a defensive guy, obviously you know safety you played in Nebraska, in the, the and in college game too. I mean, obviously the NFL is taking some influences from from the the college level but at the college game it's really become wide open the spread offenses you know some rule changes maybe favoring offensive players what do you make of that as a defensive coach and a defensive player
2: well listen this is this is what i i see right i I see that tempo because tempo is part of this um i I look at tempo as like um technology see technology don't make your business it enhances your business and that's what wide open tempo spread offense yeah. does, right? It, it just enhances the game on the offensive side of the ball. So that creates the defense. They have to do the same thing. And so um, where defense is reactive, you have to play the game and prepare for the game before the game starts. Right. And So you have to have your one call, um, one word calls too. So when they going fast, you better have your tempo calls. Yeah. Um, and, and so guys have to be ready to line up and face whatever coming their way. And so how can you create a defense that no matter what the offense does, you're going to be sound, mm-hmm. okay? And I call it cover four because I believe cover four it's like the LLC of business, right? right? right. It, it, it can morph into an S-corp or yeah. a C-corp. It can be anything <laughs> that right. you want it to be. And and, um, and so, you know, so it's it's been fun. It's a challenge for defenses today. But at the same time, I think it makes you – creative it makes mm-hmm. you think uh from a defensive per- um, perspective um but you know hey everybody that's hot out yeah. there right you can get fired yeah as an offensive coordinator i right. mean as a, as a head coach that's an offensive guy get fired at a big 12 school yep. and go get a head that's job right. yeah. at the nfl that's yep. how great um you know offenses is being looked yeah. at right now that's today. crazy isn't it <laughs> Mike Minner
0: joining us, head coach at Clemson, at Clemson, at Campbell University. Of course, we remember Mike from his, his days. I, with I, I, I'm going to
2: Clemson? We're breaking news here. We're breaking news.
0: Mike Minner joining us here. He's head coach at Campbell University. Um, but Panthers, of course, we remember uh, most people that listening will, will remember you from the, from the Carolina Panther days, in, in addition to what you're doing now at Campbell. And what, what's interesting, Mike, is – uh, there's still so much reverence for that 2003 team that that went to the Super Bowl. And, you know, I get to talk to Kevin Donnelly all the time and Al Wallace. Yeah. Um, that was such a special group. Mm-hmm. And you look at Jake DeLome. And how much fun was, was that year? How much fun was being part of those players?
2: Well, listen, um, most of us was part of that 1-15 season. Yeah, that's right. Okay? So it, it wasn't like we just all came together out right. of nowhere. Um, we, we We went through – the worst season in NFL history at the time, wow. right? But thanks God for the Detroit Lions when they went 0-16 and, right. and took that away from us. And it but was funny, though, because,
0: <laughs> you know, when that first game at Minnesota, yes. you know, Chris Wankie's yes. first game runs, like, <laughs> everything's good. We, we good. <laughs> <laughs> we, we here, right? And,
2: and um, don't win. So we've been through a lot. And, and, and so when you go through things like that together, you become closer. Yep. And when you come out of that together – man, you become brothers, yeah. okay? It's a bond. that's deeper and pe- um, stronger than anything that's out there. And um, and that's what happened. Um, we, we we used to play like one song um, the whole season. It was just one song, and we would play it every single day, and we would get excited about it every single day. And, uh, man, it was a miracle season because, oh, yeah. you know, everything that, that went on, was it, it was like the cardiac cats. Yeah right yeah we we coming back from 15 down 21 down winning games at the end you got a blue collar football team is what you had that's right you had a bunch of guys that just loved to compete you had a bunch of guys that was not afraid of anything you know like jake Delone, man listen if i'm going in any fight jake Delone yeah. on my side because he wasn't he wasn't i um, afraid of anything and you know the defense we had young guys yeah. like peppers and and you know Rucker up front, yeah. and, and um, you know Chris Jenkins, who was a That's young right. kid, and, yeah. and um, Dan Morgan, and and um, myself, and and um, you know Dion Grant. Yeah, man, listen, that defense was fun to play for and play with, and and um, I, I can promise you this: Al Wallace being the yeah. you know, he was kind of like the fifth man. He was, yeah, on he was the defensive kind of a line. Guy. Yeah. yeah, and, and um, just just um, big time stuff in the offensive line which I think is the heartbeat of a football team, Mm -hmm. Um, Kevin Donnelly, that you talked about. Yeah, Stussy and And, Donnelly. Yeah. Come on, man. It was was just unbelievable. So, um, great run in 2003, um, great football team, and, you know, we came up a field goal short. Yeah. um, And, you know, John Casey, a big-time guy, and um, you know Tom Brady was just a little bit better uh, than us I was that in, night. I was in Houston.
0: <laughs> I remember that. That was that was crazy. I, one thing that Al always t- tells a story about, and he's done it on the radio, so it's on the record. But it was funny. Uh, he he said, uh, "You can confirm this and add to it if you want to." You guys roll up into Houston, mm-hmm. and you guys get like Ugos, and the Patriots <laughs> are all driving like Suburbans and Escalades
2: and all these big cars. That is that well, somewhat well, accurate. Well, listen. When you already a Super Bowl champ, yeah. right? <laughs> you get a chance <laughs> to get to Suburban. Right. When you just lucky and happy yeah. to be there, right. you get the you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just how it goes.
1: <laughs> We're joined by Mike Minter, the head coach of the football team at Campbell University, the former Carolina Panther. We are down to eight left in the NFL playoffs. Do you have some thoughts on the remaining teams and who might
2: emerge? Listen, it's I, I think it's a toss up with everybody. Um I, I like the Rams. I do. I, I I love their coach. I think um, you know, he's doing a great job of of um getting them guys ready to go. I like what they bring to the table. The Kansas City Chiefs, you gotta watch out for them. But my man Andy Reid, he has a way of messing it up in the playoffs, <laughs> you know. When you look
1: at the current teams remaining and maybe there's no clear cut, the Rams are the best team or the Saints are the best team, which of those teams do you look at and go, man, I wish I was coaching that roster and those players?
2: Mm, boy, that's good. That's real good. That's a great question. I i, I look at the Patriots. I hate the Patriots, but um, – they're so good at what they do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these guys, I, I, I just love the mentality that they have because everybody has that workman-like mentality. Yeah. And um, so it, it would be fun to, to coach Tom Brady. When you coach, who do you look up to? Oh, come on, man. Tom Osborne. What? Yeah. Right? Yeah. The greatest of all time. Well, what's yeah. happened to your
1: alma mater?
2: Well, he, he left. That was a long time ago. Exactly. Yeah. We, and we ain't done nothing and since, right? Still recovering. <laughs> yeah. So, but my boy Scott Frost, which was my quarterback my senior year at Nebraska, he's going to turn it around because he got the formula. Mm-hmm. Um, he learned everything that he needed to learn from Tom Osborne. He knows what it takes to be successful in Nebraska. The option? What, the, the option plus the walk-on program see the walk-on program is back up to 200 people and so that's mm-hmm. what you have to have um all these other people they come in and they try to do it like other places Oh, 110 on the roster 100 no you can't do it like that we got to develop people
0: how many rock walk-ons do you have
2: right now um right now because we can only have 120 yep. and um and you know 63 scholarships and and so you know you are probably about you know 65 um you know walk-ons and 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 that's just if if I could do two hundred, yeah. trust me, that that's what I would do here too. You think Nebraska though
1: can get back to where they were playing the same way that you, they used to play? You don't think that the sport has evolved to the point where you need to throw the ball more?
2: Um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't feel like that. Look, okay, think about this. Clemson only throwing the ball because they got this this dude that's like once in a lifetime type quarterback, right? Sure. Okay. Alabama's running the football, even though they started throwing the ball this right. year with Tua because Tua is that type of dude that can throw the ball vertically. But if you can't run the ball and you look at Alabama in the red zone, yeah. what happened? Three times, four times, can't get it in, yeah. can't run the ball because of that great defensive line, and you lose the game. Yeah. So um, you got to be able to run the football. And and Scott does it in so many different ways where he he, he, he kind of throwing the ball east and west and so it widens and stretches you out so I can run the ball vertically.
1: We know that you're very comfortable
2: at Campbell. Yeah. But do you aspire to coach at that level? You, you know what um what what I aspired to do was was be at Nebraska. Right? And um, and and so, you know, that that's home, man. That, that's yeah. where it's at and, and and Scott got there first. So <laughs> so I I'm 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 behind him 110%. Um but I want to turn Camel to a championship program. Yep. And I want to turn us into a powerhouse that when you think about FCS football, you think about Camel University. Now think about it, guys. Again, I, I was saying earlier, we was dead last in Division I football. Now can we turn it around and, and um, now be somebody that everybody is talking about in FCS football? We're we in the playoffs every single year. We're going for the national championship every single year. That is more satisfying than being at the Power Five because look, I done done that, okay. So most of these guys they want to mm-hmm. try to get up the ladder because they want to make money, and um, I've already done that. And so my my whole deal is impact. I want to change. I want to change the the paradigm of of words. That's why I like what Dana um, Hogerson done, yeah. right? Yeah. It's it's about. I want to go back home to Houston yeah. and turn Houston into a powerhouse, but that's big.
0: One player that went home, uh, Julius Peppers. uh, How great was it to see him back in the Panthers uniform last couple of years? Listen,
2: it was really good. I remember when I went back, um, maybe last year, I think it was last year, I did the – the drum, yeah, yeah, right? the
0: the, the keep pounding drum. Yeah, the keep pounding
2: yeah. drum. And and, and um, Pep didn't know I was going to be there. Oh, that's great. And so he saw me, man. He runs on the field. He picked me up. Yeah. you know, I'm like Pep, man. You, you know, you still playing? You're like a hundred years old. <laughs> you, need to, you need to quit. And, but no, it was great to see him. I wish he could have got, um, you know, that that sack to to go yeah, ahead and Pat. Right. I know we were real uh, close I know, to getting I know. it, uh, but you know, he's a Hall of
0: Fame. Think fans. it was a half shot, yeah. Yeah. And how about Thomas Davis? I mean, that was obviously the big news last night. I yeah. mean, what a I mean, Mr. Carolina yeah. Panther. I mean, he's up there with Steve Smith and yeah. Julius Peppers, and yeah. you know, part of that Sam Mills legacy too.
2: No doubt. I mean, I mean, any time that a that a man goes through what he went through three yeah. knee surgeries, stick it out, come back, perform the way he did, Pro Bowler, All Pro. Um, you know, he broke my records um, on the defensive side of the ball and um very proud of him cuz he was yeah. a rookie That's um right. my yeah. last year and and um so I got to see him grow you know as a man on and off the football field and, and um he's going to be sorely missed yeah. and um but, you know I tell these guys all the time because you know when I got to my 10th season I decided to walk away right it, my goal was to play for one organization I wasn't playing right. for anybody else and and so you know I told Thomas, man, 14 is good. <laughs> it's it's yeah. good.
0: How difficult was it to make that decision to walk away, though?
2: You know what? It, it was like a, a week in in in, in um, a process of a week. And so I, I just every day started, you know, coming up, coming, to, going to practice. And then one day I woke up.
1: Yeah. Before we let you go, we're joined by Mike Minter, the Campbell football coach and the former Carolina Panthers great how do you feel about the state of the Panthers with the new owner yeah. obviously a season that they'd like to
2: forget the way it ended but what do you think about going forward oh we're gonna be fine uh listen the new owner is uh progressive uh, very open-minded um he knows how to be successful you don't make that much money in your life yeah. and don't know how to be successful and so um he, he's going to build the program the way he needs to build it and, um, you know, we we got to get Kim healthy. Yeah. Uh, I think that was a big piece of what happened. we got to get our offensive line healthy and get more guys in there. And, um, and you know, we'll, we'll be fine. And so I think Coach, um, when when Ron took over um, the play calling, I thought that mm-hmm. was big um, because we started to play right on defense again. And, and um, you know, so, man, I, I think we're going to be fine. We showed what we can do early in the season. And uh, we know that it's it's a fluke when you lose seven, eight games in a row when you six and two. Yeah. All you know, right? So th- we got a solid foundation, and um, I look forward to seeing some great things in the future.
0: Yeah. Thank you.
2: Thank you, guys, man. I appreciate you guys, and, and uh, have a great uh, – Telecast is it telecast or what? What we call this? We're broadcast.
0: a radio, radio, uh, radio broadcast, is I guess what. We're okay, radio, this right?
2: ra- yeah. ra- okay. Have a great radio broadcast tonight. Oh, thanks. Yeah, and, and you know what? I hope Campbell wins.
0: Maybe not much of a surprise, Dave, but you know, obviously, Mike does have the drive. You know, he he wanted to be the head coach at Charlotte when they started uh, football at UNC Charlotte, and as a Nebraska fan, uh, clearly understandable that he would. Want to have that job, and and he wasn't trying to undercut Scott Frost at all. But you know, that that, that that's kind of one of his dream jobs. And
1: it amazes f- me that he thinks that you can still win playing the old yeah. football because yeah. the game has evolved to a large degree. And you know, I'm not saying that that playing the other way can't work, but it, it's not the invo thing to do. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and of course it was good to get his thoughts. Um, obviously, Thomas Davis being fresh in the news, not having his uh, contract extended by the Carolina Panthers, so they're they're going to walk away. And, and he played with Julius Peppers, who was uh, you know definitely a surefire Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, no, I mean Julius is is a, a a great one of the great Panthers of all time. Mike Minter is one of the great Panthers Absolutely. of all time. I played on. One or two of their their best teams, an impactful guy. And, and, and I always thought, and, and maybe I'm wrong, you're in the locker room a lot more than I am, but like, I always thought he was kind of a leader.
0: Oh, totally. He was, to- he was a leader on the field and kind of off the field. And that, that dude, man, he could hit like... Yep, and and clean like not a he wasn't dirtier
1: a headhunter. I didn't think so, but I mean, just good, good, good heady football player. So when it comes to leadership, the NFL playoffs resume Saturday and Sunday, right. and the two favorites in the AFC are the Patriots, the number two seed, and it's understandable to see why they're a leader. Tom Brady and company—they've been doing this now for well over a decade. They're hosting Indianapolis, Kansas City. They're the upstart team. They're the number one seed. But Patrick Mahomes is playing in his first playoff game. They are hosting. Right. Oh, I said it backwards. Indianapolis is going to Kansas City. Yeah, the Patriots are taking on the Chargers. Chargers. Yeah. I think the Chargers are a significantly more difficult matchup than Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis beating Houston was huge for both. Kansas City, who oh, now yeah. gets the easier opponent, yes. and the Patriots, who now get the more difficult.
0: Yeah, opponent. no doubt about it. You know, it's interesting. You know, I I always joke because you know you guys know that I'm from Boston originally, and grew up a Pats fan, Sox fan, Celtics, Bruins, all that, and I always joke with my friends back home that you know there's a generation of kids now in college that don't know a time when uh, you know the Red Sox weren't right. You know, a world champion in eighty-six years, and the, you know all the Super Bowls that the the Patriots have won. But that's the same true of Brady. Like, there's a generation of kids now that are you know in college or graduating from college that have never seen a different quarterback for yep. the Patriots at Tom Brady, except that year that Brady got hurt and Matt Castle had to play quarterback. So, you know, and it's kind of like the the old Ric Flair, right? To be the man, you got to beat the man. And so, the road for the Chargers now has to you know, go through New England. And I'll be honest with you, you know, as a New England I'll speak as a fan, not as a broadcaster right now. This game concerns me. I think the Chargers
1: are better. They're a good team. I think this has been a Patriots team that I've disliked all year long. I think they're slow on defense. I think they've sorta limped through the year, but here we are again. Yeah. Home game in the playoffs. Right, if Kansas City were to get upset, they could host the AFC Championship game. Yeah. I said on last week's podcast, I thought the Patriots were sitting pretty because if Houston won, right. they were going to have the easy game. Yep. Kansas City was going to have the hard game. But the way it actually went down, I, I, I like, I, I think the Chargers, they, they, they should be an underdog. I think they should be a three point underdog, just the home field advantage. They're getting more than that. They're a four and a half point underdog. I I think the Chargers, player by player, are are better than the Patriots. But, it's at home, it's Belichick, it's Brady, the San Diego staff has had a really good year, not San Diego, the LA staff has had a really good (laughs) year. I I don't trust them yet, but I, I think the Chargers are better. I think they're the better team. So I like the Chargers, and as much as people are ramped up about Indianapolis, they've won 10 of 11 or whatever yeah. it is.
0: Well, they did like stretch where they won seven in a row, right?
1: Yeah, but yeah. like they've won a lot of division games against bad Houston, bad Jacksonville, and bad Tennessee. Yep, yep. And, yes, they, they were impressive last week beating Houston. They ran the ball really, really well. Kansas City doesn't stop the run particularly well. I think this is a Chiefs team that's ready. I, I, and I know Andy Reid's postseason. He doesn't have a great history. I, I like this Chiefs team. I think they're the best team in the AFC. And I, I think they're going to win relatively easily on... Uh, is that game Saturday or Sunday?
0: The uh, Patriots play on
1: Sunday, and so the other game is on Saturday. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I like the, the Chiefs and Chargers in the AFC, and you like... I'm going to go New England...
0: And uh, I'm, you know, I don't want it to be Kansas City. I just, I think this is the time that, you know, everybody, again, being a Red Sox fan, there comes a time where everybody has to, ha- you hope, has to have that uh, monkey come off their back. And I think for Kansas City, this might be the year.
1: All right, in the NFC, both spreads are a touchdown or more. Yeah. The Rams are hosting the Cowboys, right. and New Orleans is facing Philadelphia. Right. It seems to me the public perception is the Rams can do no wrong. Yes. I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, the, Saints the Saints can, can do, do no, no, no wrong. wrong. Right. They have had a great year. They, they They're good on both sides of the ball. They played very, very well down the stretch. But the Rams had the same record. As the Saints, yeah. and I know those two nationally televised losses, Philadelphia right. and Chicago, have kind of soured people on them a little bit. Yeah. But the whole rest of the season, they lost one game. Right. And yeah, they played bad competition the last two weeks, but they were pretty impressive in winning those two games. And they lost their first playoff game last year. I think they're ready to go. I I,
0: I, I, I just think defense, I think the... I think the Rams' defense is just speedier, quicker. I, I, I just, I think they'll match up. Even though you know Ezekiel Elliott's tough, I think they'll match up well with uh, against Dak Prescott. So I, I like, I like the Rams in that game. I think the the interesting game to me though is the Eagles kind of feel like the the Jason Voorhees or the like the the Friday the Thirteenth, right? I mean, every time you think they're dead, they just keep they just keep coming back.
1: That's the one game I'm not sure of. I like the Chiefs. I like the Chargers a little bit I like the Rams I don't know I mean the Saints What's have the been line? so you, it's good over Eight, and 8 and a half the Saints have been so good all I mean, I, year I, I think
0: you'd take the I mean I think you uh,
1: that's a tough one I, the Eagles they won the Super Bowl last year I was high on them coming into the yeah. year. They had a very mediocre season. They got no, lucky actually, I think, to make I think, the think, playoffs. Yeah,
0: I think I think you take I, th- I think from the spread perspective, I think you take Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, I mean, on one hand, I agree. On the other hand, people are starting to pile on to yeah. Nick Foles' right, 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 Remember right. the first time these teams play- played? It was like forty-one-seven. Yeah, right. Like,
0: I think it's gonna be a close game. I, I think it's gonna. Be, I I think it's gonna be inside of a touchdown.
1: It's the one game I'm undecided on. I, I like it could be close. I hope it's close from entertainment value, but no. It is a
0: disclaimer. That if you take any of our picks and you lose wildly, it's not our fault. It's not. No. You, oh. you you use you use our or at least I'll you well you can use Dave's pick, but you use my my picks at your own discretion. I I would not
1: suggest following my picks. They have been <laughs> poor to very poor. All right, so there's our legal disclaimer, so nobody
0: can get us. Uh, can ding us for,
1: for... I don't know that in that game, though. Let's say that all the chalk wins. Right, let's say it's right. Patriots, Chiefs, yeah, right. and it's... And chalk by spread. Right. Yeah. Well, well, in advancing. That, I mean, that's yeah. the only way it can be right. chalk. I mean, the favorite is based on the spread. Yeah. And the Saints and Rams. Who do you like in those matchups? Kansas City's going to be probably a four-point favorite over New England. Right. I think the Rams are going to be getting about five or six at New Orleans. Obviously, we'll talk about this next week, but right. but who, do, who would you potentially like?
0: Well, in the Kansas City-New England scenario, it goes, It goes. for me, it goes, do I go analytically or do I go with my heart? Um, and I probably would go with New England.
1: Yeah, I uh, think it's going to be Kansas City, and I think it's yeah. going to be Kansas City big. Yeah. I, I think the Patriots' road comes to a close at that point because they're on the road, so they don't have that advantage. Well, they're on the road,
0: and Kansas City has, even though it's the Super Bowl should be enough of an incentive. Uh, they're probably still miffed about losing to New England at the beginning of the year.
1: Yep. What about in the NFC? I think that would be a, a terrific game. Rams and Saints. Rams. I think yep.
0: that would be a great great game. I think um, Saints throw, right? Saints have home field throw. Yep. I think I think New Orleans, that's a tough place to play. I'd, I'd take New Orleans.
1: I'd take New Orleans and uh, New England. I think I'd take the rams plus the points because i think those teams are really closer than most people think they are do you like the nfc in the super bowl i do think the nfc is stronger whoever emerges do you agree with I that or no i agree with that yep all right well we'll talk about it more yeah. next week. i mean these are
0: just our initial
1: feels like we haven't right. really yeah right this is what we're thinking about early friday morning <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's twelve ten a.m and we'll be uh, back in Charlotte in about 45 minutes. And uh, thanks for listening to the Bearded Carcast.
0: And follow along at Bearded Carcast and email us beardedcarcast at outlook.com.